Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We're on episode 133. Today, we're joined by a good friend of mine and mentor, someone that I really admire and respect. I think you're going to uh, enjoy this conversation today. We're talking with my buddy, Aaron Walker. Aaron is a guy that I've, I've really looked up to and admired for many, many years and is a guy that I jokingly and, and also very seriously tell my wife, like, this is the kind of guy that I want to be like when I grow up. He's an amazing entrepreneur, but more importantly than that, he's an amazing husband and father and uh, just an all-around great guy. So, so every time we get together for lunch, he always challenges me, encourages me, inspires me. I think he's going to do the same for you today. So, you know, we don't talk a ton on specifically on speaking, but we really dig into even just beyond the stage. How do you live a life of significance? We talk about how he found a work-life balance when he was building his business. He's been a very successful in a lot of different industries, built multiple multi-million dollar companies. And uh, so we just kind of talk that through about how he has balanced that as he's built those businesses. Talk about not giving up and keeping a long-term perspective. We talk about how to to focus in business and not get distracted by the shiny objects, which I, I think we're all guilty of. So uh, regardless of where you're at in your speaking business, I think today's really going to help you out and just give you some swim in the deep end ideas on what to consider as you're building your speaking business. Hey, before we get into this conversation, let me remind you, I definitely encourage you to stop by and check out freespeakerworkshop.com. If you are a, a brand new speaker, you're a veteran speaker, and you're just trying to figure out how to find and book more paid speaking engagements, you definitely, again, want to stop by freespeakerworkshop.com and check that out. All right, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with my buddy, Aaron Walker. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Hey, today I'm joined by someone that I deeply admire and respect, Doctor. Can I call you Doctor? Yeah, not even <laughs> Doctor, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Doctor anyway. Mister Doctor Aaron Walker is hanging out with us. How are you, man? Hey, Grant. How's it going, buddy? Cool. You can call me Doctor if you want to. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it. I've got a VA in the Philippines that calls me Sir Aaron. So if you want to do that, that'll be good too. That's cool. good to be on your show, buddy. Thanks man, it's, for it's, it's an honor to hang out with you. We had you back on our previous podcast that we had called How Did You Get Into That? And I know that's where you and I kind of first got connected. And, and I moved to Nashville a couple of years ago and we got connected and have done lunch a few times since and, and hung out in Cross Pass. And I've always deeply admired not only who you are, in terms of business, but who you are, quote unquote, off the field and who you are in your relationship with your wife and your kids. And I know that's something we've talked a lot about. We're going to dig into today, but you've really have built a, a life of significance. And it's something that I know so many entrepreneurs want to do the same. And we don't want to be one of those, you know, those cautionary tales of I built this cool business, but my family life sucks or I'm the shell of a human being. So you've really done a great job. And uh, so it's, it's been fun to 
figure out how to do how I can yeah. I, I can do something. Uh, hey, there was a similar. lot of trial and error in that. You know, thirty eight years in business, it wasn't all straight up. So yeah. maybe we can dive into a few of those moments that were life transformational for me to help some of your listeners not have to go down that same path. Yeah. So like you said thirty eight years, you've been in the business for a while, doing a variety of different things. So for someone that's not familiar with you, give us kind of the nutshell on what does business look like today, and what's kind of been the journey to get there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Going way back, I started at 18, sold out at 27 to a Fortune 500, quit working for about 18 months, went back and started and bought the place that I was with when I was a student in school. We spent the next 10 years building a very successful business. August 1st, 2001, though, Grant, my life changed forever. And you know this story, but I ran over and killed a pedestrian here in Nashville that really brought my life to a screeching halt. And so Robin and I decided to sell the business. We did. We took the next five years off. We traveled extensively. We built a new house. We kind of got our legs back under us, if you will. And uh, Robin told me, she goes, all right, big boy, you're getting fat and lazy. It's time to go back to work. <laughs> so we went in the construction business and we built high-end residence and small commercial over the next eight or nine years. And then when I turned 50, I decided to retire. And I did forever, I thought, until some of my mastermind members that I've been masterminding with now for a couple of decades, like Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham, some of those guys said, you can't just sit on the front porch and rock yourself into an oblivion. You got to do something. I said, baby, I'm done this time. I am finished. I've been working since I was 13 years old and this time I'm done. And Dan Miller looked over at me. He goes, you ain't going to last 90 days. (laughs) He said, you need to coach. And I said, coach, I'm not coaching anybody. And he said, yeah, you are. He said, you got 38 years of experience. You and Robin have been married, you know, 30 plus years, soon to be 37 grand. I can't even believe that. But anyway, and so I thought about it and I prayed about it a little bit, went to Entree Leadership Mastery Series with mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey and went to Innovate with Dan Miller. Grant, I fell in love with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Dan texts me one night and he goes, you got a coach, man. He goes, I watched those people at Innovate and they leaned in listening to your stories. And he said, you have got to coach. And I said, well, why not? Let's give it a whirl. Well, that was three and a half years ago. Now we have national and international clients. We have eight mastermind groups that I facilitate seven of those every week. We have a community now with some of the most amazing people on the planet in it. And Grant, I'm having more fun today than I've had in all dozen businesses combined that I've owned in the past. That's my 38-year journey, man. (laughs) That's it, right there. Three minutes, that's That's it. So I'm curious, I mean, if you've been in the business and business in some capacity or another for 38 years, you've experienced a lot of highs, a lot of lows. How have you learned to kind of balance that out? Because I think for a lot of people that are listening who are interested in speaking, who are doing speaking, who are entrepreneurs in one capacity or another, the highs can be really, really high and the lows can be really, really low. And it just never seems to, I don't know if that ever goes away. I remember there's a uh, entrepreneur breakfast. We may have both, you may have been at it as well several months ago. And I remember talking with a, a guy who just quit his job and was going full time. And it's his first week. And I asked him, how how you feeling first weekend? And he's like, man, I feel great. And I feel scared. And I feel traumatized. And I feel alive. I was like, that doesn't go away. You know, I've been self-employed no, for about 10 years and you just, that it still is there. So how have you dealt with the ups and downs and the highs and lows mentally, emotionally, 
relationally, spiritually, and business over the years? Well, first of all, that's what gets me out of the bed. That feeling like that never-ending entrepreneurial experience, you know, I mean, you could go get a job and clock in at eight and go home at four 30 and that's cool, but it doesn't give you that euphoric feel that you're just describing. When you were describing it, I was feeling it. I'm like, <laughs> that is why I do this. You know, 38 years as being an entrepreneur. I've not worked for anybody since I was 18 years old. And that's the thrill. I love the art of the deal. When you become maintaining and managing, I get bored. You know, I'm ready to quit. Yeah. I'm a creator developer. I like to get it going, figure it out, do the tweaking. And then, you know, after 10 years or whatever my history has been, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to recreate this thing or, you know, breathe new life into it. But I'm going to tell you something, man, there's some challenges. Mm -hmm. There's some challenges along the way. And you'll do some things that you'll think you're on the right path. And they're not. You'll find out later, man, I should have given this up a while back. Don't go too long, but go long enough. And I tell everybody, if you don't do it at least two years, you're not even giving it a chance. And so I'm all in. And if we don't start making a profit or turning the wheels in about two years, maybe we ought to reconsider that. But I think that the challenges that we face, there are no mountaintops without the valleys. Mm -hmm. And if you want to grow, you grow, you know, in the valley. That's where you're squeezed and we see what you're made out of. Right. And so then you have opportunity to rest on top of the mountain occasionally, take your breath and let's go back down the hill again. The thing about balance, and a lot of people say, oh, I want to be evenly balanced. Well, that's a myth. First of all, there's not a such thing as balance. You have to prioritize your priorities. And I know for me, I have five or six things that are really top shelf priorities for me. My faith is first. I'm a Christian. My second is my wife, then my children, then my grandchildren, and then my business, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in that order. And anytime it gets out of order for me, there's problems. Mm -hmm. And so I want to tell you to quit trying to balance things because you can't. That means equal on both sides. And you physically cannot do that. But what you can do is say, these are the things that are important to me and everything else I'm going to work in around it. Yeah. I want to talk about the balance piece, but let's come back to something you said just a second ago about the two years. So especially for, I know we have a lot of speakers listening to this who are getting started, who are early on and trying to finding books, speaking engagements, and figure out what to talk about and figure out who they want to speak to. And those first two years, like you said, can be extremely euphoric at times, but it's also can be really, really dark and uh, sure. can feel depressing at times. So what should we be looking for within those two years to know, yeah. should I be a speaker? Is this for me? Or am I just spending my wheels and wasting my time? Well, that's a great question, Grant. Let me just tell you, when I started coaching, nothing I'm doing now was on the drawing board nothing. Yeah. I said, I'm going to coach two or three guys, maybe five guys, and uh, I'll be good to go. And I talked to Robin about it. And she said, Hey, if that's what you want to do, it's up to you. Go for it. Well, I started coaching and then I started doing podcast interviews and my schedule blew up. And I started thinking, my goodness, there's a need out there to help ordinary men become extraordinary more so than I've got the capability to handle. So I started thinking about it and I said, you know, I've been involved in mastermind groups now for two decades. Maybe I should start a group and then instead of one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'll facilitate groups and we'll have maybe 10 or 12 guys in a group. So I did that. We filled the group up immediately. <laughs> And then I started another group, another group, and another group. I kept adding, so I got seven groups all of a sudden. And I thought, man, I can't scale this. You know, I can't keep doing this because I'll run out of time. Then we started the community, which is a much lower price point, but we can get thousands of people in there. 
And then some guys came to me and they said, listen, Big A, you can't even do that, you know, I mean, and scale that to a point. He said, you need to write a book. And I said, oh, man. So I wrote a book, View from the Top, that's hopefully going to touch thousands and maybe tens of thousands of people. And see, it just keeps going. Now that people want me to write a course on how to live a successful and significant life. You see, it kind of mushrooms into other things. We never know. The important thing is, is get the boat out of the dock, get it out of the harbor, get it out into open waters, and you can navigate once you get out. The hard part is starting. But once you start, you can tweak the dials, you can make modifications, and you can move. But most people are stuck. They're afraid. They're afraid they're going to fail. They're afraid that it won't work out. And I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. I couldn't lay in bed at night, Grant, and think, would it have worked? I've got to know. And the thing that's holding most people back is is that they're afraid that they're going to fail. So, guys, get the boat out of the harbor. Then you can tweak the dials and move it around. Two years. It took me two, two and a half years to discover that. And I promise you, things will look way different three years from now than they do today. How important do you feel like just being self-aware is in that process of recognizing this is going to work if I keep putting in the work versus I'm just super naive and I'm sticking my head in the sand and I'm treading water, but I'm not going anywhere. How do you find that balance between being self-aware that it's going Mm -hmm. to work, but also being self-aware that this may not work? Well, here's the thing. It's very difficult oftentimes to be self-aware without other trusted advisors in your ear. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. When I was 25, 30 years old, I didn't have a mastermind group. I didn't have an accountability group. I only have one lens. I only have one filter. I've only had one life experience. But when you start getting in groups, Dave Ramsey invited me years and years ago. He and I have been friends since 1995. He invited me to join his mastermind group. And I said, what is that? And he goes, just come, trust me. So I went to his office, 10 guys in the room that were great guys. You know, a lot of them just starting their career. And we started doing life together. We started sharing. We started being vulnerable and transparent. And that's a really tough place for men to get. Mm -hmm. And I tell everybody, you got to let the veil down because if you have this shield around you, nobody really knows who they're dealing with. And you got to subject yourself to the scrutiny of other people. And if you're willing to do that and say, hey, I'm a knucklehead. I don't know. I don't have the answer to this. I'm not sure. You're vulnerable. You're transparent. But you're honest. And see, When you allow other people to be that way with you, they'll allow you to be that way with them. The enemy to excellence is isolation. If you want to get yourself in a really bad spot, don't get those people around you. You read your own press clippings. You begin to believe your only filter and the vantage point by which you see things. Robin and I was going to do a business deal not long ago. We were convinced it was the optimum thing to do without a question. She goes, what do your guys say? I said, well, I hadn't talked to him yet. She goes, let's see what they say. Eight of the 10 guys, Grant, told me not to do it. And I'm like, what are you saying? They said, if you do that, this will happen. Another guy had a different perspective. I went back with my tail tucked between my legs and said, Robin, we can't do it. She goes, what do you mean? I said, we can't do that. And here's why. She goes, we didn't even know to know that. Yeah. See, they saved me. And I want to tell you, if you want to be successful at your venture, this two years, get people around you, subject yourself to their scrutiny, get trusted advisors that don't have anything to gain or lose as a result of what they tell you. And let me tell you right now, a family member won't work and your business partner won't work. They're biased, Yeah. right? They're going to lick their finger and stick it in the air, see which way the wind's blowing because they want to tell you what you want to hear. 
See, I tell everybody, if you want to feel warm and fuzzy, go buy yourself a puppy. If you want to get true, honest feedback, get around people that don't have anything to gain or lose by what they tell you. And they're going to tell you the truth. Where do you begin to find those people? So it's not a family member. And I know if I'm listening, going, okay, I've started my speaking career. I'm in the trenches and I know a couple of speakers here and there. And I've got a few friendships and I did lunch with a guy at an event one time. But how do I go from that to like, these are people that I do life with, you know, and I know that I can really get honest feedback and they really know me beyond the surface that I'm trying to show. Yeah. Here's the thing, Grant, and we'll just speak for you, me and you, because you can do this virtually, but let's just say me and you, we live here in Nashville. First of all, me and you. Okay. And then we got Jeff Goins. Then we've got uh, Rory Vaden. Then we got Andy Traub. And then we got Dan Miller. And we got all these guys here in Nashville that are amazing guys. And you know, everybody I just mentioned are men of character. They're honest. They have high moral values. And you start going to lunch with those guys down at the Puffy Muffin, or you go down to wherever the frothy monkey or whatever that is y'all call that place in Franklin <laughs> you go there or mine and your favorite place Pinewood Social Come and on we now. start building this relationship you and I have had this intimate conversation to where we share with our families and about our children and how to be a great dad right. and see a lot of this audience hasn't been exposed to that conversation that me and you have. We like let the shield down. We're honest. We're vulnerable. It's yeah. like, Aaron, I don't know how to do this or Grant, help me understand this because I'm afraid when I get up and speak and how can you help me work through that? So we push through those upper limit challenges and we build that trust with each other. And once we start doing that and you know, I'm not going to go down the road and tell my buddies, hey, Grant doesn't know what he's doing in this area sure. or I'm not afraid. Yeah, Avery doesn't know how to speak, you know, whatever. So we build that camaraderie and you start building that trust. And then you come to me one day and you go, man, dude, I got a real problem with one of my kids mm-hmm. and I need your input. Cause I know you got two daughters and I know you've been through this before and I, I need your counsel or my wife and I are not getting along real well because I'm on the road all the time and we haven't forged that relationship like we need. And I need you to help me work through that. And I can say, hey, I've been married 37 years. Let me tell you, that's not going to work out well for you unless you (laughs) tweak the dials, right? Mm, right. That's the value of having men around you or women around you, whatever the case may be, that can help you. Now, I don't believe in doing that in mixed company as far as the accountability group goes. I know how men thinks. Women knows how women thinks. They need to help each other. We need to be intimate. We need to be able to share the things that really matter in our life. Here's what happens, though, Grant. I'm not doing that. If I tell Grant I don't know what I'm doing, he's going to think less of me. That's a lie from the enemy. What the truth is, is when you say, I want to do my best. I want to be a guy of character. I want to be honest. I want to be transparent. I want to be vulnerable because I want the same Grant Baldwin to show up everywhere he goes. If it's with his family, if it's with his children, if it's with me, one guy needs to show up every place. And iron sharpens iron. That's what we do is we come together and we forge that relationship same way in your business. You get into the business, this two years that I'm talking about, to pour yourself into it. You start getting the counsel of other people that have been there before. They've been there, done that, and they can tell you some of the pitfalls not to do. So you've got to do the mundane task over and over and over, even when it's difficult. I did 187 podcast interviews last year. I was exhausted. I've done almost 400 interviews in the past 36 months, and they get exhausting. But the truth is, they work. People said, 
I wouldn't get on that show. They only get a thousand downloads. I don't care if you can fog a mirror and you have a microphone, <laughs> I'm going to do the interview with you because you don't know who's listening. Yeah. You don't know who else is going to invite you to be on their show. You don't know when you're going to meet that Grant Baldwin that's going to change your life forever. And it's hard. Grant, it is so tiring to do those things. But at the end of the day, that's the guy that wins. Let's talk about that for a second, because so much of business is that mundane, boring, tedious, monotonous, repetitive, head down in the cave, just mm -hmm. work. And it's just as oftentimes we glamorize entrepreneurship and it is often many days. It's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of days where it is like it's not glamorous, it's not sexy, it's not appealing, and it's just a grind. So how do you not give up in the grind? How do you not quit? How do you keep going in that? Well, here's the thing. Passion will never keep you there. You've got to have purpose. There's got to be a purpose that you're doing what you do. For me, because I coach men, it's helping ordinary men become extraordinary. And each and every day, I can't wait to get out of the bed because men's lives are changing as a result of the message that we're sharing. It's my purpose. Now, I could have been passionate about that. I could have had zeal, and we do need a certain amount of that. But you've got to have purpose for whatever it is that you're doing. The other thing is, and you said it right, and you know me, Grant, personally, I'm very transparent. I'm very vulnerable. I'll tell people in a minute, this sucks really bad. I'm really tired. <laughs> this is not working. Or I'll say, this works really well, and you need to do more of it. I'll coach you along to do that. I don't want to have the Facebook persona. Mm -hmm. I want to have the real deal. I want to say, this is not working well, and I need your help, or this is working really well, and come on, I'll teach you how to do it. Let's share and that's been the key to our success is we're willing to share. We're willing to show you all the cards because I don't have a scarcity mentality. I have an abundance mentality. And I know that if I can help you accomplish your goals and your dreams, a rising tide raises all ships. And when we get together, we can encourage each other. We can edify. We can lift each other up. Here's the thing, Grant. If I help you be more successful, when it's my turn, you're going to be, dude, I'm all in. And I'll give you an example. I've promoted you and talked about your stuff. And now it's my turn with the book. You wrote an endorsement in my book. You're doing the picture thing where you point to my book and say, this is the book. You got to get it. The thing is, is we help each other, but I can't come to you first. I can't come to you and say, hey, promote my book, write an endorsement. No, you got to go help people and encourage them. All these guys that are in our industry, I've been promoting for years. I mean, doing videos, endorsements, uh, LinkedIn profile endorsements, on and on and on. We have a VA that does nothing but promote other people, and we do it intentionally. And then when it's my turn, I go and raise my hand and say, Grant, I need some help. And you go, dude, what can I do? Let totally. me help yep. you, right? And that's what people are not doing in their industries that are starting new businesses. It's all about me. We got that selfish mentality. Hey, come help me. No, get your hind end out there and help them. And then they naturally will want to help you. I was just at social media marketing world. I went outside of the hotel I was staying in, picked up my phone, shot a five minute video endorsing social media marketing world. Michael Steltzner is an amazing guy. And I promoted it. I said, I've never been to a conference this good. I've never been somewhere that the quality of the people were so good. I've never seen anything put on this well. I did a five-minute and promoted it. We got thousands of views on it. When I got home, Michael Stelsner sent me a private message. He goes, this was amazing. Dude, why did you do this? I said, because I believe in you. 
right? I do. We spend a third of our time doing that kind of stuff for other people. And here's what happens, Grant. Not only now are we significant because of it, we're highly successful because we're promoting other people. That's the piece people are missing in starting these new businesses. Very well said. I want to come back to something you talked about earlier. When you few years ago when you quote unquote came out of retirement and uh, you're getting back in the game and you start coaching, you mentioned today you do some coaching, you have the book, you have, are looking at a course, you uh, have all these masterminds. I think there's a lot of times when, especially new entrepreneurs are getting started and, you know, online, offline business. And we have this grand vision of all these different things. So from the beginning, if you said, I want to have all these different groups and I want to do coaching and I want to do retreats and events and books and courses, it's like that all sounds good. But the reality is you can't do all that today. So how did you kind of determine, especially when you're restarting of this is going to wait and maybe I'll get to a book at some point, but right now let's focus on this. Cause again, there's a lot of, of speakers that are, I want to speak. I want to have a book. I want to coach. I want to consult. I want to da 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 da. And you just can't yeah. do it all. So, how have you kind of managed focus in business over the years? Oh, that's a great question. And we teach this all the time. First of all, Brian Moran wrote a great book called The 12 Week Year. And you want to get a book to change your life, get that book. We took 80 mastermind members through that book over the past six months. It's revolutionized many persons' businesses as a result of it. And what you do is you hyper-focus on one or two tasks and you do it for 12 weeks. Good friend of mine, Derek Champagne, owns the Artist Evolution down in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's a digital marketing specialist, and he's got a team of 27 people. And I introduced this book to him. He took his team through the book, and he started laughing at the end of seven weeks. He said, we had to stop at the end of seven weeks. We couldn't handle the business. He said, we didn't have the infrastructure in place to handle all the business because they were focused on one or two tasks. And here's what it teaches you. The biggest enemy to our success is procrastination. Hey, if I don't get it done this quarter, I'll do it next quarter. I didn't get it done this half of the year. I'll do it third quarter, fourth quarter. You know the routine. You kick the can down the road. Well, the 12-week year says these are the tasks that you do today. Come hell or high water, you're going to do this today, and that's all you're going to do. And you focus on the task, not the success. You don't focus on the outcome. You focus on the task. And if you take care of the task, the success will take care of itself. Tom Schwab and I meet four times a year in Chicago for three days. We'll get a really nice hotel there and we'll get a conference room and we will spend three days planning out the next quarter. We know the book we're going to write. We know the course we're going to write, the themes for the month, the blog posts that we do, the social media marketing that we're going to do, the people we're going to invite to join the group. And then, Grant, all we have to do is execute. Mm -hmm. We don't have to think, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do next week? Well, this is what we're going to do. Then we have a list that has everything that we want to do. And we say, and I, listen, let me be honest with you, totally honest. I don't have this perfected either. We all have the shiny object syndrome. Well, hey, this will look good. Let's go do this. And then you got to put your head back down. You say, let's go back to the list. Let's look at the focus. Matt Miller owns School Spirit Vending. And I've been his coach for three and a half years now. And he had all these marvelous ideas. And I yelled at him one day. I said, I don't want to hear another idea. He said, what do you mean? I'm tired of hearing all your ideas. He's just like, he didn't know what to say. And I said, get an Excel spreadsheet. You put on there what you want accomplished in the next six months. And we're going to focus only on that until we get it done. He's tripled his business 
in the past 18 months. Tripled it. He's gone from 30 distributors to 100 franchises by us getting focused. Guys, listen to me. You can do the same thing in your business. Don't chase the shiny objects. Don't have that squirrel syndrome. Every time something shines, you go running over there after it. Get your head down and focus. Greg McCowan talks about it in his book, Essentialism. You need to stop being an inch deep and a mile wide trying to accomplish everything. And you need to be an inch wide and a mile deep. Same thing Brian Moran is teaching. Focus on one or two tasks until you master it. And when you do that, people will pay you a handsome price to get your services or your widget if it's really good. Very good. Well, hey, Aaron, I know that you also, as uh, you kind of touched on, uh, we'll kind of wrap up here, but you guy came out with a book recently and it's a legit book. It's a solid one and I highly recommend it. You mentioned uh, you were gener- generous enough to include a, an endorsement of, of me in there. View from the top, living a life of significance. Tell us about the book and where we can get it. Grant, this book has been absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Your audience thought it was good. I was going to say it's the best thing. <laughs> it is amazing. One of the hardest things I've ever done. It took me almost two years to write the book. In the book, we give some really good tips on things to do and some things not to do. It's kind of a memoir. I tell my story about how I came from nothing. Literally, we had nothing. And I tell that story. And then I tell the values and the benefits of being in mastermind groups and how to choose wisely and how to overcome bitterness. One of my favorite chapters is bitterness is its own prison telling you how to flush that stuff out because it really affects your creativity. And I really tell you how to put the big rocks in first, like we talked about earlier. And I teach you how you too can have your own indescribable view. So the book has absolutely got some amazing endorsers, including yourself. We've got pages and pages of people that have stepped out and endorsed the book. You can get it. We can pre-order it right now at viewfromthetop.com forward slash book. And along with that, I wrote another book called The Mastermind Blueprint, which Seth Godin recently endorsed it. We've got him on the front cover of the book. I'm going to give you a copy of that book with all pre-orders. And then there are five interviews that I've done with some of the most amazing thought leaders in the industry. And I'm going to give you all five of those interviews as well for the price of the book, book $17.95. So you get two bucks, all five for pre-ordering the book. You get it at viewfromthetop.com forward slash book. Beautiful. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for sharing that. That's extremely generous. A lot of stuff there. And again, as someone who managed to steal a uh, early copy, really good stuff. And I'd highly recommend people to check out. So we'll definitely link up to all of that in the show notes. So I appreciate the time, brother. Always good to chat with you. Thanks, Grant. We'll see you, buddy. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Just he's a good dude, huh? Didn't you like that? Helpful, encouraging, inspiring. I always enjoy talking with him. So again, I'd encourage you to check out freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com. And uh, there you'll find, again, a uh, step-by-step plan on how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So make sure you check that out. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 133. Catch you next time. You're awesome.